Welcome to Batshit, a frank and funny look at living with mental illness. While we'll touch on several illnesses, Batshit is focused on those along the spectrum of bipolar disorders. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your other host, Brad. And we're both bipolar, so strap in and let's see how batshit we really are. Spoiler alert. Pretty damn batshit. Batshit. This episode's topic. Attachment theory. Attachment theory. So we talked about this a little bit on our breakup episode. I'm really excited uh, about this. And uh, we we put up some social media clips uh, about the various attachment styles. And it got a lot of traction. A lot of people contacting us uh, being like, hey, I think I'm this uh, attachment style or I think I'm this attachment style. And so we thought we'd dive into it in more detail because... Attachment styles are a part of our mental health. Yep. Because unless you're a secure attachment style. Uh, Which not many of us no, are. Let's be honest. If no. you're listening to this podcast, you're not a secure yeah. attachment style. Your attachment styles come from childhood wounds and usually tie into other things you're dealing with. Right. Uh, mental health wise. And they have to be, if you want to heal them, they have to be healed in the same way that you would work to heal anxiety or depression. Cauterize it. Sure. No, it's not, it's not conversation. <laughs> how you do it. I thought that's how you did it. Yeah. My bad. So uh, attachment theory started, I believe, with a woman named Mary Ainsworth. Okay. Who was a researcher in the 1970s. And what Ainsworth did was uh, bring in groups of parents and small children, babies a lot, and observe how the parents would interact with the children and what behaviors that led to from the children. Oh, okay. And so through that, Ainsworth came up with the idea that there are four attachment styles. And those attachment styles carry through life. Right. Let's go over the attachment styles real quick, just in case people haven't heard the other episode and they're listening to this one. Okay. So the first attachment style is secure. Mm -hmm. So secure is just that. You're secure in a relationship. You're secure... You, you had probably a very happy, healthy childhood. Um, your parents offered a lot of support, but also gave you a lot of alone time to figure things out on your own. Mm-hmm. And so in a relationship, um, and that's that can apply, we're going to be talking a lot about romantic relationships, but the attachment styles can apply to friendships and even work relationships. Sure, makes sense. Um, and obviously parental and sibling relationships. But the um, so in a secure attachment style, you're okay being incredibly close and vulnerable to, with someone, but also okay with spending a week by yourself. You know, if if you need to, if they go on vacation, your significant other, hey, that's fine. You know, we'll touch base every now and then, but I don't need to be up your ass the whole time. I'm going to do my own thing, mm-hmm. and you're totally fine with that. And that's a secure attachment style, and that's kind of the holy grail, right? That's the dream. <laughs> yeah, that's what we all want to get to. Yeah, and not a lot of people are there. Nope. Not a lot of people are naturally there. Oh, yeah. I would imagine most people aren't naturally there. Yeah. It requires most people who become secure start as something else and then go on a healing journey. Ooh. A journey of self-discovery. Self-discovery. To a magic land. Take this ayahuasca. <laughs> uh, so that's security. Secure. Then we come to um, anxious preoccupied. Okay. That's me. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> I'm anxious preoccupied. Mm-hmm. So anxious preoccupied, you tend to, as a child, didn't receive a lot of attention. 
Okay. And felt like you were always fighting for attention. Okay. Fighting for love and fighting for care. You have deep abandonment issues and abandonment wounds. People have left you, important people in your life, whether that's death or, you know, your parents split up. Sure. And your dad moved to another city, you know, whatever that is. Um, you have those wounds. So when you become an adult and you get involved into a, in a relationship, you are just that. You are anxious and preoccupied. So you tend to create like a fantasy version of your relationship mm. um, where the person you're with isn't just who they are and who you love, but also you think about what they could be and what the relationship could be. Okay. So you're not... You're kind of living in the moment, but at the same time, you're projecting like, oh, here's what this could be five months from now. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you tend to want constant connection. Uh, we've talked before about getting in places where, you know, you don't hear from someone after uh, sending them a text for a while and you start worrying. And that worry could be all over the place. Like, did something happen to them? Were they in a car wreck? Is that why they're not getting back to me? Or are they mad at me? Or are they falling out of love with me? Sure. You know, whatever it is, you're anxious and preoccupied. And when, you know, somebody, if you're you're with another attachment style and they need space, when they try to take that space, you might try to force a connection. Right. Which can then feel clingy and smothery. Right. And then you push that person away. Yeah, exactly. So that's the anxious style. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In just a general mental health area, obviously leads to a lot of anxiety, and generally is tied to anxiety disorders. Sure, um, although not always, but but typically people with an anxiety disorder are anxious, preoccupied. Okay, in their attachment style. Uh, the next is dismissive avoidant. Now, the dismissive avoidant is someone who, as a child, had to take care of themselves a lot. Okay, they're Parents, it's not that their parents weren't around, but their parents expected a high level of independence mm. and self, self-care. Self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. That's the word for the child. Uh, the child, as a child, the dismissive avoidant was often judged by their parents or other people that they were close to by their accomplishments. Sure. Rather than just feeling like they were loved for who they are. Um, they typically didn't see a lot of vulnerability or emotion and weren't on the receiving end of that Hmm. and oftentimes had other people that they had to take care of, whether that was them taking care of a parent or taking care of siblings. Okay. Um, That's a common one is that the dismissive avoided as a child kind of became a parent. Like an older brother or sister. Right. Take care of the younger brother and sister. Exactly. Gotcha. They kind of became a parent as a child. Okay. Um. So as an adult, the way that that tends to manifest is they're, they feel incredibly independent and self-sufficient, and they want their autonomy. Um, they're afraid of vulnerability. Um, they, they will tend to withdraw after having a period of vulnerability. If, for instance, something bad happens in their life and they break down and cry in front of their partner, they're probably going to pull away from their partner after that. Oh, okay. Even if it was like a nice, supportive moment. Sure. If their partner was there for them and they felt comforted, 
they're still going to feel weird about being that vulnerable with their partner and they're going to pull away. Mm. Um, and that's the kind of hallmark of the dismissive avoidant is they're going to pull away. Okay. That's where the avoidant aspect comes from. Um, they, they simultaneously crave closeness. And so we'll typically come out of the gate very passionate and very strong, uh, often love bombing. Um, and then it'll get to a point where that closeness freaks them out and they pull away. Okay. This typically happens at the four to six month mark. Mm. And again, usually after a period of some kind of vulnerability, whether that vulnerability is, um, a hallmark in the relationship, like, Hey, let's move in together. Sure. Right. And then they have that conversation and they're all about it. And then they, they go off by themselves and they're like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. I don't want to do that. And then they pull away from the relationship. Or like I said, you know, you, you show your emotions, you cry in front of the other person and that freaks you out and you pull away. Right. But ultimately it's, it's that the dismissive avoidant is afraid of losing their independence and their autonomy. Mm Mm-hmm. And they feel like they should be self-sufficient and that uh, somebody else shouldn't do for them. They should be able to do for themselves because of what they went through as a child. Right. What's been expected of them their whole life. Right. Yep. Right. Then the fourth one we have is the fearful avoidant. Now, the fearful avoidant gets the worst of both worlds. Oh. So the fearful avoidant is kind of a mix between uh, anxious preoccupied and dismissive avoidant. You know, the, the fact that it's called a fearful avoidant should clue you in this is not going to be a good attachment style. <laughs> right. So the fearful avoidant will feel the same levels of anxiety as the anxious preoccupied and the same levels of fear. The fearful avoidant will want that connection constantly, will want to text all day, will do these things that, that the anxious preoccupied does. Mm-hmm. But then they also get to a point where they feel like they've been too vulnerable and they pull away. So whereas, and this gets a little tricky yeah, because say, again, the dis- sounds like the, the right. The dismissive, dismissive avoidant comes yeah. out of the gate strong, but the dismissive avoidant doesn't feel the anxiety and everything. Oh, okay. So the, the dismissive, dismissive avoidant, avoidant is yeah, like love passionate. Bombing the love bomb. Yeah. It's passionate. They're in love. They're kind of in love with the idea of love. Sure. For a moment. Um, whereas the fearful avoidant is right there with you. Uh, with with the anxious preoccupied and you know if they don't hear from their significant other so like the dismissive avoidant comes out of the gate strong but if they don't hear from their partner after sending a text they're cool with that right and you know if it takes six hours for their partner to respond whatever whatever right the fearful avoidance doing the same thing that the anxious preoccupied is they're like are they dead what happened got it got it got it um and then they get to a point where they feel it's less about feeling vulnerable and um, having their independence threatened mm-hmm. as feeling like they're not good enough. Sure. I can't give you what you want. Right. You're not you're not going to receive the love you deserve. Right. I'm, not, I'm not worthy. Right. And so now I'm going to pull away. Right. Um, and then interestingly enough, the fearful avoidant will usually pull away, go off and do their thing for a little bit, and then they start feeling that anxiety and they boomerang back. To the same person. Yeah. Hmm. So, and that's that's kind of an interesting thing when you get into um, what happens after relationships with the different attachment styles is the secure attachment of style when a relationship ends, 
if if it was a bad relationship, they'll accept it and move on. Okay. If the relationship was good and ended for other reasons, they'll probably give it some time and then reach back out. Okay. The anxious preoccupied will tend to want to maintain contact. So like the relationship ends and they're like they're like wanting to still like text. Yeah, we can be friends. Shit. Yeah, can we be friends? Can we have coffee? Can I still text you every day? Mm. You know? Um, which for most people, it's like, we just fucking broke yeah, up. Yeah, we broke up. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> I threw a vase at you. Yeah. Let's take yeah. some time. I smacked a lamp across a room. <laughs> I hate lamps. Yes, fucking lamps. Um, the dismissive avoidant. Well, I'll get back to them because they're, they're kind of an interesting case in, in and of themselves. So the fearful avoidant mm. will kind of go off and do their thing for a while. And then, like I said, they'll boomerang back. Right. Because like, they'll uh, start feeling that anxiety. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they'll be like, oh, God, this was the love of my life. And I let them go. Mm. So most people, when they break up with someone, those three attachment styles, you feel like the heartache and the loss at the beginning. And then it starts to go away. Okay. Right? You yeah. S- you start dealing with The wound the, starts right? healing, blah, blah, blah. The dismissive avoidant is the reverse. Oh, interesting. So the dismissive avoidant. Uh, right on the heels of a breakup, feels relief because now they're like, oh, I'm independent again. Yeah, I'm free. Yeah, I don't have to worry about somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, depending on the person, like six weeks, two months later, they start feeling the hurt. What have I done? Right. And But at that point, because of their dismissive avoidant tendencies, they typically won't reach back out. Right. Whereas the other ones will. But the dismissive avoidant will be missing the person they broke up with. They'll be depressed they'll maybe be in a little bit of pain they experience this thing they call the phantom x no where they start thinking of you and kind of like living in the good memories and feeling like well maybe that's enough oh huh but because of the independence the autonomy but mainly they fear vulnerability and fear looking weak oh sure so they typically won't reach back out interesting okay Okay, so here's the thing. The reason we're talking about all this is because Brad found a quiz. I found a quiz. And he wants to quiz me, and thus, is this like a Cosmo type of thing? Like It's, anyway, it's off something called the Attachment Project. It's okay. attachmentproject.com. Okay, and is For this a real to... project, or is this a website you made up? And I didn't make it up. Okay, all right. I, I took it, and it confirmed I'm anxious preoccupied. Got it. So what so. Brad's done... Is Brad's got the quiz? He's gonna give me the quiz, and we're gonna find out what I am. Yeah. And then afterwards, we're gonna talk about healing. Oh, okay, styles. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Help us continue the conversation. Leave us a comment with your thoughts, experiences, or questions about mental health. Every opinion and viewpoint is valid. Just don't be a dick. Hey, friends. Brad and I started Batshit because we needed someone to talk to about our bipolar. So when looking for a sponsor, BetterHelp was the obvious choice. BetterHelp provides access to therapists via text, via Zoom, via email, via phone call, 24 hours, seven days a week. I don't need to tell anyone how broken the American healthcare system is, especially when it comes to mental illness. But the beautiful thing about BetterHelp is that they'll work with you. Go to www.betterhelp.com backslash batshit. You'll get 10% off for the first month and you'll get someone to talk to right now. If you need to talk to someone, do it. Please. We love you.
I say all this like I'm an expert. Yeah, no, of course you are. (laughs) He read a website. All right. Single or in a relationship? You're in a relationship. I'm in a relationship, married. How old are you? I am 41. Okay. Your gender is man. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have children? No. Where are you from? The United States. So far, guys, I'm doing great. Yeah. Okay. How do you perceive the following conditions were met by your mother in early childhood? Ugly. Okay, this is ranked one to seven, with one being very rarely and seven being very frequently. Wait, one to seven? Yeah. Not one to ten? No, one to seven. All right. All right. Took, uh, she took genuine interest in me and expressed delight in who I was. I felt special and valued. Ugh. Um, <laughs> three. Okay. Calmed and soothed me effectively when I became distressed, upset, or overwhelmed. Two. Okay. Gave me things that I wanted to have, like toys, bicycles, clothes, computers, etc. Yeah, uh, six. Were physically around while I was growing up. Five. Kept me safe from danger and threats. I felt safe. Yeah, uh, seven. Encouraged exploration and discovery. Helped me find and express my natural interests and talents. Two. Was emotionally in tune with how I was feeling. Could read my emotions and respond in a way that made me feel like they understood. Two. Took me to activities, music lessons, sports teams, etc. Or to visit friends. Seven. Provided me with sufficient food and housing and medical care. Seven. Okay. Now this is about your father. Okay. Kept me safe from danger and threats. I felt safe with him. Yeah, seven. Encouraged exploration and discovery. Two. Was emotionally in tune with how I was feeling. Could read my emotions and respond in a way that made me feel like they understood. One. Took me to activities or to visit friends. Oh, um, five. Provided me with sufficient food and housing. Seven. Gave me things I wanted to have, like toys, bicycles, etc. Five. Calmed and soothed me effectively when I became distressed, upset, or overwhelmed. One. Were physically around while I was growing up. Three. Took genuine interest in me and expressed delight in who I was. I felt special and valued. Two. Okay. Now, this is uh, this is about your mother today. I often worry this person doesn't really care for me. I'm sorry. So how does this so, work? Uh, one to seven. One is strongly disagree. Seven is sorry. strongly agree. So say again. Uh, I worry this person doesn't really care for me. One. Strongly disagree. I talk things over with this person. Uh, Five. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Uh, Yeah, five. Strongly, yeah, mediumly agree. I'm afraid this person may abandon me. No, one. It helps to turn to this person in times of need. Two. 
I worry this person won't care about me as much as I care about her. One. I usually discuss my problems and concerns with this person. Two. I don't feel comfortable opening up to this person. Five. I prefer not to show this person how I feel deep down. Four. I find it easy to depend on this person. Yeah, I strongly agree. Seven. Now, your father. Okay. I don't feel comfortable opening up to this person. Six. I usually discuss my problems and concerns with him. Uh, two. Okay. It helps to turn to him in times of need. Three. I often worry this person doesn't really care about me. Four. I worry this person won't care about me as much as I care about him. No, no, disagree. Uh, Two. I talk things over with this person. Things. Uh, Sure, we talk about things. Um, Three. Three. I find it easy to depend on this person. Yeah, seven. I'm afraid they may abandon me. One. I prefer not to show this person how I feel deep down. Five. Okay. Now, romantic partner. Oh, crap. I talk things over with this person. Six. I prefer not to show them how I feel deep down. One. I find it easy to depend on them. I don't feel comfortable opening up to them. No. Uh, two. I usually discuss my problems and concerns with them. Five. It helps to turn to this person in times of need. Seven. I'm afraid they may abandon me. One. I worry they don't care about me as much as I care about them. Two. I often worry this person doesn't really care for me. One. Okay. Now this is your general. I often worry that other people don't care for me. Strong. Uh, one is disagree. One is strongly disagree. Okay. Uh, so, sorry, say that one again. I often worry other people don't care for me. Six. I find it easy to depend on others. <laughs> One. I prefer not to show others how I feel deep down. Six. I'm afraid other people may abandon me. Six. I talk things over with people. Two. Oh, wait. Yeah, two. I usually discuss my problems and concerns with others. One. (laughs) 
It helps to turn to people in times of need. One. I don't feel comfortable opening up to others. Seven. I worry that others won't care about me as much as I care about them. Five. Your attachment style is fearful avoidant. Wait, is that the really bad one? That's the one that's a mix between anxious and dismissive avoidant. So like the, wor- be- the, the worst of the worst? <laughs> the worst? Yeah, the worst of both worlds. Awesome. Does that sound right? <sighs> I like, thought I was going to you, be... You've just... got the, the anxiety and stuff right. from texting we've talked about. Right. I, 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 part of me, I thought I was going to get uh, dismissive avoidant. Yeah. I thought that's the one I was going to get. Fearful avoidant. That, that sucks. See, that makes sense, though, because you, you thought dismissive avoidant. Right. But you've talked about experiencing anxious style traits before. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yikes. Do you uh, do you find, like, in the past, have you gotten back together with uh, people that you've broken up with? Never. Never? Um, have you wanted wait, to? Wait, hold on. Have I ever gotten back together with someone I broke up with? No, not once. Sorry. Have you wanted to? A couple of times? Not yeah. not many, though. That's interesting. That's why I didn't yeah. think I was going to be fearful avoidant, because you said fearful avoidant was, oh my god, I made a huge mistake, I gotta go back. Uh, typically. But, typically. Yeah. I mean, I... mean, I All this I stuff also happens on a spectrum, too. Sure. Like, it's rare that somebody is purely one right. thing. So I mean, it might I, be that you're like, you're, you're fearful avoidant, but like leaning a little toward dismissive. Well, I, I will say this. When when relationships end for me, it definitely feels like a relief. Yeah. And yeah, okay. I will say like two months later, I'm, I'm I will oftentimes be like, why did I break? Why did we? Bro- Maybe I shouldn't have broken up with. But I don't reach back out. Yeah. I don't try and reach back out to them. Yeah. Hmm. Fearful avoidant. Yeah. That's sad. Um. Okay. So how do I heal, Brad? Fix me. <laughs> so. For my reading, mm-hmm. um, obviously secure attachment style. That's the is, goal, right? That's the goal. That's mm-hmm. what we all want. And so... That's you, the pipe dream. Yeah. So first you have to look at the things in your attachment style that you find is negative. Okay. So uh, because... Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Both of mine, they're all negative, right? Fearful avoidant. You're like negative on top of negative. Well, what are what are the things that you find negative, right? So, okay. like, for me, as mm. as anxious, preoccupied, it's the anxiety I feel when I don't have a constant connection with mm-hmm. my partner. Uh, and then specifically, you can drill down and, like, the regular texting, for instance. Right. Like, that's something that I can recognize. Oh, that's an issue. Sure. I can see how that can make somebody else feel like I'm clingy yeah. or, like, feel smothered. Yeah. Right? And so you have to start just kind of training yourself. To be like, okay, I'm not going to, if we're texting, I'm not going to make this a 20 text conversation. Right. You're going to like put a limiter on. Yeah. It. We're going to say a few things, put a limiter on it. If I don't hear back from them for a few hours, that's fine. Mm. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Right. They're living their life. Right. You know? I mean, you're, yeah, you're trying to curb that, that, yeah, that freak out. Yeah. That freak out, that instinct, mm. um, for instance, the need to have a constant connection. Right. And and then understanding that like sometimes people just need their space. Sure. 
and it doesn't have anything to do with me. Right. It's, it's not, not that nothing they're like, to do with you. Yeah, it's not that they're like, I need my space from Brad. It's just, I need some space in general. Sure. I mean, I can say that all day long in my brain. Yeah. It doesn't mean that's how I feel. Like right. That's, you know, that's where but I think I think you, you start telling yourself those things, and you start acting on them. Right, right. It's like, you know, it's like eating healthier or going to the gym, right? You don't start by sprinting. You start by walking. Right. Right. I think that's the uh, that's the first step with mm-hmm. avoidance. Also, you know, I, I you could you could say it's okay to be vulnerable, right? When you've opened up to somebody and you start freaking out about that, just take a breath and be like, "It's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable, especially with my partner." Sure. You know, if there's anyone you can be vulnerable with, it's your and, partner. And I do feel like I'm vulnerable with Mandy, and I feel yeah. like we have those those moments. I will I will say she's one of the few people in my life that I feel like I can do that with. But, yeah. Or feel comfortable doing that with. It's not that yeah. I couldn't. You know, like I have relationships where I'm sure if I was vulnerable with people, they'd be like, cool. But that's just not how I feel. Right. 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 You don't feel comfortable doing it. Whereas mm-hmm. me as an anxious, I sometimes feel like an open wound. Yeah. Constantly. You know, we've talked before about just like trauma dumping on people. Right, 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 right. Um, and I tend to... I tend to probably be overly vulnerable. <laughs> really? You yeah. go out, you go too far out in that. Yeah. I mean, look at the shit I've talked about on the podcast. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like, blah. You're <laughs> a bunch of strangers listening, but let me tell you all this like shit. That's true. In, I mean, I bet you if life. we go back and we listen to um, episodes, you're going to be sharing a lot more than I share. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that I wonder if that's because... Yeah, um, You've been experiencing a lot of manic stuff recently, which causes a lot of the topic conversations that we yeah. tend to dive into. Not because we're focused on you, just because they're interesting points of conversation. Meanwhile, I don't think any of the shit that I've ever gone through is interesting, which obviously is not the case. But, yeah, you know, just the way I feel. Yeah. I think, too, with all of these, because it all stems from shit in our childhood. Right. I think to truly heal it, you have to go back to those things. Right. I think that's something you got to do in therapy. Yeah, yeah, you, you do. Know? What what caused this attachment style? Mm. What is the trauma I experienced as a child? Even if it doesn't seem traumatic, because we we normalize. Right, we normalize We've it. We've talked yeah, yeah. about this. You know, for me, it was abandonment issues. You mm-hmm. know, my mother died. My dad was went off to prison. My grandparents weren't equipped to raise me, and so I just sat around the house by myself all the time. Right, and um, I felt like everybody abandoned me. Mm-hmm. So I grew up to have an anxious attachment style. And so for me, I have to deal with those abandonment wounds. Mm. And that's something I've been doing. And I feel like I'm moving. I, I feel like right now I'm on the spectrum halfway between anxious and secure. That's good. That like means I'm, you're making progress. Yeah, I'm moving towards secure. My goal is to try to be fully secure. Um, you know, and I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm working on myself. Yeah. Uh, um, can I just say next time we do a like a quiz, can we do like something from like tiger beat or cosmo <laughs> like how likely it is i end up with like jtt or something like that uh that'd be better there's <laughs> that tiger beat from like 1996 i guess is it would be it right that was john taylor thomas the thing yeah early 90s mid 90s yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's funny tiger beat i wonder if that's what, uh, a publication what uh attachment style do you think mandy is no i don't know yeah, um, I don't want to think about. It. She's sitting in the other room. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a good question. She might be the same as yours. Yeah, she might be. I can see that. 
Yeah. But again, you know, that's, you know, we're, we're, we're both in therapy, we're both working on ourselves. It's, it's hard not that, to, not to feel like this is a weakness. It's hard not to feel that, you know, your attachment style isn't a weakness. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a weakness. It's not. It's just another thing we have to deal with. Right. It's just another, you know, cog in your machine that's not quite hitting right. Right. You know. And we talked a little bit on the breakup episode, but, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if she was anxious, preoccupied, because anxious and avoidance tend to attract each other. Right. You said that. Yeah. They call it a trauma bond. You know, they, they bond over their, their trauma and then they create new trauma. because one of them is like i gotta put my hooks in the other one's like i need some fucking space (laughs) um but uh but that tends to happen a lot and i find that really fascinating is that the two polar opposite the the two attachment styles that are most likely to get under each other's skin Mm -hmm. are incredibly attracted to each other over and over again right yeah of course course well what we're gonna do is we're gonna take this poll uh website that because that's where you get it off the website right right we'll put this in our uh comments for the episode so y'all can take the quiz if you'd like to or um uh spring it on your podcast partner uh or uh, or anything like that um it's interesting. Or get your partner to take it with you. There you go. I oh, think that boy. would be interesting. Both of you pull yeah. it up on your phone right. <laughs> without talking. You both yeah, go you through just fill it, it out and yeah, then yeah, see yeah. what attachment styles. You uh, have. And remember, no matter what you get, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. These are just. It's just how you feel. It, yeah. It doesn't even yeah. matter if it's. Uh, you know, it doesn't even matter. Like, let's say, for instance, you felt like your your parents were never there for you as a kid. Yeah. But maybe they were. Like, as much as they could be. So neither yeah. one of you is wrong. You feel, are entitled to feel the way you feel. And again, it's just another thing to heal. Right. You know? And maybe, even even though it's something that you should heal because it's something from your childhood, it may not be causing a lot of issues for you if you ended up with someone with a similar attachment style. Sure. Obviously, yeah. if you're secure and you've ended up with somebody secure, that's the holy grail. Yeah, right. That's, that's the dream. That's the that's the the white tiger right. in the jungle. Kim Kardashian, uh, Kanye West. <laughs> right? No, yeah. is that not one? Uh, that I, don't, one I don't think so. No? I don't oh, think all so. right. Pete uh, Davidson and Ariana Grande. No, is that not a... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian? Oh, yeah. They were, yeah. <laughs> they I don't were know. together, too? I don't know. I don't get that guy. But, like, say if you had an anxious preoccupied who's with an anxious preoccupied. Right. Like, they're matching each other's energy. Right. I would say, say you have a dismissive avoidant with another dismissive avoidant, but they would never extend. Right. Like, <laughs> one of them's going to go Someone's going to leave. Someone's yeah. leaving. Somebody's leaving. Someone's leaving. Uh, but, no, I mean, again, none of this means you're a bad person. None of this means you're weak. None of this means you're a bad partner at all yeah. or a bad human being. And that that's a good a good word, I think, to focus on is weak. Because that's something uh, specifically with the, the dismissive avoidant is they see – they see vulnerability as weakness. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's something internal, but they project it. Yep. You know? Um, so that's one of the reasons they pull away after being vulnerable is now they feel like they've been weak in front of you. Yeah. You know? Um, but that's something. And the fearful avoidant probably, they probably feel like that too. Mm. Hence the fearful. Fearful, you know? yeah. yeah. That's um, fearful. I am a pretty big coward. 
Like, have you ever felt like that though? Like, have you been vulnerable with someone and then kind of feel, felt ashamed of it? Afterwards? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's you know, <clears throat> I think that comes from um, presenting one way and being another way. Yeah. You know, especially in, like when I'm in a manic state, I'm presenting one way, and then when I actually reveal who I am and am vulnerable with someone. I'm like, what the fuck? What am I doing? Why would I do that? That's not who this person wants. That's not who this person needs. They want and need the other person that I was initially when they met me. Yeah. You know? Like, it, yeah. Yeah, I get definitely, definitely, yeah, bailing after vulnerability. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. <laughs> um, take the quiz. Don't take the quiz. Either way, think about your attachment to who you think about who you're attached to how you connect with those people and think about ways to improve it and you know one of the reasons i wanted to talk about this too is that we get a lot of people writing for relationship advice yeah they're either you know hey i'm bipolar or my partner my partner is bipolar and we're dealing with this issue etc and i think kind of delving into the attachment styles might help all of you yeah who are wanting to ask these questions because, you know, you're you're looking at the bipolar, you're looking at this and that, and maybe it's what it boils down to is one of you is anxious and the other one's dismissive. Right. Um, I, I also think it's it's interesting because, like, w- one of the things I love to do when, like, I, I will read a script or give someone notes about a script is I just keep asking why. So, okay, you feel this way. Why? Yeah. Okay, that's completely legitimate. But why? Like, get to the root. Get to the root of it. That doesn't mean you're going to fix it. It doesn't mean you're going to pull the weed out or anything like that. It's just when you start self-analyzing, that's when you can start healing. Because that's when you can talk clearly and communicate clearly to your partner or your therapist or your parents or your friends or whoever, you know, how you really feel. How you really feel. And once you start communicating how you really feel, all of a sudden you're going to find all of your relationships get a shitload better. All of them. People people in failing romantic relationships are not communicating. Friendships that go sideways weren't communicating. Distance between parents and children, lack of communication. 99.9% of the time. I am not a statistician. Statistician? Can't pronounce it, so I'm not that. Um, but that's how I feel. Uh, again, thanks for ambushing me with a quiz. Yeah. Yeah. This is a is a big ambush night. Uh, I don't know what order we're releasing these in, so I won't necessarily say what the other ambush was. But yeah, but Brad, there was a big ambush. Brad, Brad just ambushing me tonight. Wee! <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Uh, link is going to be in the notes. Keep fighting. We love you. <laughs>